and just say, cock back and just enjoy the ride. But everything I'm reading, Brother Darrell, is showing me opposite. That as it gets more intense out there, I've got to get more intense in here. And the greater the battle is, it's not for me to get in a debate with them out there and get in a political war, but I'm going to get in a war in here in my prayer. That's why I like that song they sing. Weapons are not bombs and guns, but worship is the way that the battle is won. I'm going to zero in on my worship. I'm going to zero in on my praise. I'm going to zero in on my faithfulness. I'm going to zero in on my giving. I'm going to zero in on my evangelist. I'm going to zero in on these things that I know are meaningful to God and let's go out with a bang if my ending is less than my beginning we miss something your old bones might not work like they used to but your mouth still works my mouth still works we run it all day long But when it comes to God, we shut it. I don't know what's wrong with that picture, but he said, with everything that hath breath, don't let him take me in your breath that we can't give him a shout of praise and thanksgiving. Yes, I believe the word of God. Yes, I believe everything by faith about the things of God. Let your yea be yea and your nay be nay. I'm done preaching on Wednesday night now. Y'all waiting for me to hit first gear. I'm already in fourth. (laughs) We skipped granny gear. We done moved on up. I feel something moving in the spirit tonight. For three, four days as you, we've been feeling this sluggish heaviness coming out of Sunday night, such a beautiful service. And it ain't no wonder Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we kind of just walking around lethargic. And we ain't backslid. Here's what it is. You got dropped right in the middle of a war that's going on that's bigger than you and I. But here's what you need to remember. We're listening to the orders from the captain that's really in charge. The government may say one thing. Congress may say another. I'll abide by the laws, but you hear me. My heart is beating to a different drum. It's a heavenly drum that's telling me this ain't my home I'm planning on going home elsewhere so I ain't worried about tomorrow everybody popping in acids losing hair on their head yeah brother Kenny I ain't worried about it cause I know who's in charge of it all So what it makes me do is intensify everything else in God that I've been doing. It makes you and I look at the the things that ain't been attended to in our own personal life that I need to attend to. All things work together for the good that are called according to his purpose. As long as, you know what that says, Brother Smith? As long as I stay in his purpose and I stay in his will... 
And I stay obedient to that will and that calling that I hear. What he says is I have an ability to where you look at things that look like they're negative and bad. I can work it to the good. I can take things that you don't understand that look like it was meant to destroy you. And I'll take it. That word works means to shape it. I'll take what's bad and I'll begin to make it into something that's good. How many under the sound of my voice? You've been dealt a hand that you don't understand. You need to be encouraged tonight before we get into the lesson. God's working something for your good. He's working something you can't see. That fear, that torment, that worry is all working for your good. It's working for your good. What don't make sense. We're reading Job, everybody that's doing the chronological. Poor old Job, he had it, didn't he? But he never charged God foolishly. Why? How did he do it? It's real simple. Job knew enough about God that maybe today the hand don't look pleasing or conducive to my quality of life. There's coming a new season. I just got to ride the season out and don't lose my faith in the downtime. If we ever learn there's going to be downtime, there's going to be uptime. But realize God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that when I'm at my lowest, God's still at his most highest in power. And when I'm at my highest, God is still at his most highest. God never changes. If he drew water out of a rock, he'll send you the provision you need to pay the bill. If God opened a Red Sea, then he'll open the door for that job and get you into where you need to be all according to the purpose that he's working for. Are you even though it don't make sense? Even though, Brother Daryl, I don't understand it. Well, we're gonna now we're gonna go to James tonight. We're gonna go to James, Brother Wade. I really have sought the all joking aside, I told her tonight I came down and got it all together. And he gave me a glimpse of where we kind of are going. And I'm going to start tonight, James chapter 2, verse 1. But we're going to try to get down a couple verses because there's another element that God's been dealing with me about, spiritual warfare. And... Uh, James, unconduced, I, I did not read it all the way through, didn't really connect it uh, like this. And then as I began to read on down, I got to about verse 5 or 6. And it was like there was the mark I was looking for to kind of tie in what I was kind of feeling about spiritual warfare. And how, how this stuff needs to be addressed. And, and just to give you a precursor, I'm not going to talk about it tonight. I, I want to get this part in James and then... Get on into it maybe by next Wednesday. <clears throat> but I'll give you this just one part to kind of maybe whet your appetite for what I'm talking about warfare. The word warfare, war or warfare is only used about five times in the New Testament if I'm not mistaken. The word warfare has got a very clear meaning. It means strategy. And when Paul said, for your weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God and the pulling of the strongholds. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And he speaks of warfare. And what he's saying is, is your strategy has got to be just right. If not, you're going to be a frustrated Christian. 
Well, hopefully we'll get in, into it maybe in a, next week to talk about some of this warfare and what did Paul really mean about it and am I looking for devils and all this? No, 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 no. Paul's talking about wrestling against these strong places and high places that need to come down. If there's ever a time that we need to focus in on our prayer, and as I've used before, the traditional prayer is not going to work. I can't emphasize that enough. If there's not a fervency and an effectualness in our prayer in this hour, it, it, it's, 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 it's almost sometimes a, a moot point. It, it, it's going to work and God honors the faithless. I'm not saying God won't look at it. But we're at a place now we're desperate. We need backsiders coming home. We need sons and daughters coming home. And I don't know any other way that's going to get them out of the pit of hell than for me and you to fervently enter into prayer and ask God and take back what the captive enemy has stolen from us that God brings them back home and puts them back on the pew where they belong. If we don't get them and go get them, it's not going to happen. But we're going to deal with spiritual warfare. But James, he's got a, a unique twist in how he brings into it. And he, he talks about kingdom. But start with verse 1. If you would, put that up there for me. Verse 1. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Christ, Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, comma, with respect of persons. Word respect of persons is dealing with partiality, discrimination. But he says, have not the faith. Now James is, is closing, as I told you before in the original writing, there's no chapters. It all flowed together. And if you remember the last lesson on James, I actually closed with chapter uh, 2, verse 1. Because it was the conclusion of the matter, but it tied together with that very last verse of chapter 1 and verse whatever that is, 20, 37, whatever it is, the last verse is. Because he closes with it and he begins to say, uh, taking care of the widow and then the, the worldliness, to, to keep himself unspotted from the world, he says. <clears throat> so James's theme is continuing. He has not changed themes, though the chapter uh, differentiation 1 to 2 is there. James is, is carrying on and he's actually taking the unspotted from the world part and he's fixing a deal with it on an individual personal level. And he starts with verse 1 when he says, have not the faith of our Lord Christ if you're partial. I'm, I'm giving it to you in the translated version. What he's basically saying in very first one, you don't have faith in Christ if you discriminate. If you're partial and you're discriminatory with anything within the church, you have not the faith of Christ. Uh, that's pretty plain to me. When I read that like it was in its context and began to study the backdrop of it and understand it, 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 it smote me. I mean, he's very emphatic. The not is an emphatic, affirmative, whatever that was in the original Greek. I just remember them saying it was an affirmative declaration. You have not. In other words, there's not a maybe, there's not a little bit, but if you're discriminatory or you're partial, he said you have not the faith of Christ, Lord Jesus. And then he adds on to the part, the glory. Because you see, everything about a Jew, he's dealing with both parties here, because it, we'll get into it in a minute, but everything about the Jew was the glory. Everything about a Jew, they knew what the Old Testament was. They knew about the glory of God and how the glory of God was the centerpiece by which everything functioned in their life. When they got out of their tent, they saw the glory of God. That hasn't changed for the New Testament church. Jesus Christ is the express image of the glory of God. For in His face shone the glory of God. So when you and I get Jesus, we get a taste of the glory of God that filters through our service. So what's the answer for you and I? I need more Jesus than 
I need the world. I need more Jesus than I need just the accommodations of life. I need Jesus more than anything. Why? Because if I can get a relationship with him, then in essence I can get the glory of him, not for my own affirmation, but if I get his glory, I get his presence and his power. And James is trying to associate in this verse. You don't have the faith nor the glory. He was really trying to get down where they were and almost kind of, he ain't jabbing them, but I don't know, Brother Keith. To me, it, it it was like a low blow to the Jews. Because he just flat out said, all y'all's talk about glory and all your talk about your religiosity, you ain't got no part in this because you're a discriminatory individual. Man, I can hear a rat eating ice on that one. You discriminate. He went beyond, he almost just cut the red tape on tradition and all the religiosity. And he said, you don't have No faith, not, zero, because you're partial in the church. Next verse. For if they're coming to your assembly, the word assembly is synagogue, church. He said, for if there's someone that comes in, now he's going to get real specific. Now, here's what you and I need to understand. I can be discriminatory or partial, and it doesn't have to be just in this, this locale. I can be partial anywhere I go. Or with anything. Let's bring it down to visitors walking in the door. I'm partial to certain visitors and not others. I'm discriminatory against others and not this one. Because you let so-and-so walk in the door, I'm going to roll out the red carpet. But you let a no-name Billy Bob Joe Hunker walk in the door, and I don't pay no attention to him. Oh, come on somebody, you're going to make me preach an hour tonight. You let it be the one you've been reaching for, you're partial. Yeah, I'm thankful that God brought them and we rejoice for it. But I cannot let just because it's one, the one I've been looking for, I can't let it evade the one that I've... And he said, in your assembly a man comes in, now he gets specific. And this is just one specific thing that James is talking about. You've got to see the whole picture, the principle that James is dealing with. He's not just dealing with a man with a gold ring and godly or, or, or costly apparel. He's dealing with the principle that you are picking and choosing who sits on your pew. Now I know we here, I get compliments about us all the time. Everybody says how much we love them and they feel welcome and loved. And I thank God that we have that. But here's where we don't want to go and stay where we are in one regard. He said, there come a man in the assembly with a gold ring, godly apparel, come in a poor man in a vile raiment. He's saying, you're picking and choosing who you accommodate. You're looking at this one and picking over that one. And I've seen it over and over in revival. And I've said this before, and Jesus even said it, go to the highways and byways and compel them to come. I believe many times, and I've I've been in revivals where I said, if we'll go get the people that nobody wants, God will bring us the people that we want. But we won't go get them, so God ain't going to bring who we want. Come on, somebody, help me tonight. James is talking to the church. This is a Gentile church with Jewish uh, people coming in and out. And he's trying to talk to them both because there's such a fractioning between them. 
James is trying to bring unity and trying to show them, listen, there's going to be people that's going to come that maybe you don't agree with. And then there's going to be people come that you're going to really agree. He really takes it even deeper as we go on. He says, you have respect to them that wear the gay clothing and say to them, sit here. Here's what was happening. They had people at the back door. And as soon as that one came in, we're still talking about worldliness. James's theme has not changed. He's talking about worldliness. And then he comes down to where we are or where he was at a particular instance. And he brings in a powerful truth about partiality and discrimination. Totally working diabolically and opposing the love of God that's supposed to flow through you and I to everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter their color, their creed. It doesn't matter their ethnic background, how much money they have. It doesn't matter the depth of their sin. It's not for me and you to judge it. It's for God to love them through me and you and show no partiality that God will save the sinner in the worst condition. But people won't come because they know people will show partiality. Well, they know what I've done. Well, I'm the drunken Indian village. I'm the dopehead. I'm the prostitute. I'm the... And people are afraid to walk. Folks, we can't ever let them feel that spirit from us within this building. But every time they come, they've got to feel the love of God flowing out of me and you telling them, we're not partial here. It doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank. It doesn't matter your last name. What your We'll take whoever. We'll walk in that back door and let God fill them and let God clean them up. He said, y'all are sitting at the back door. No respect or have respect to him that weareth gay clothing and say to him, sit here. They're at the back door waiting for him to come in, Sister Nixon. And whoever walked in looking like me. I'm trying to wake him up. I'm dead tonight. I tell you, I must have tanked tonight on this message. Anybody walked in dressed up by a visual appearance. I'm all for giving honor. I'm all for giving honor to to, to whoever would come into our doors. And if it rightly do. If it's rightly do. But not because of some prestigious name in the community. That's not the reason. And he said, you're waiting at the back door. You're waiting at the back door. And you're waiting to take them. And put them in the best seat. She's fine. Let that baby cry. We need to be mature enough to let that baby roll. He said because they look good. Take them. Come up here. Because you're the top one in the community. And he's trying to say that's not how this is supposed to work. You're taking people and putting them in seats. Because of who they are. I'm not negating giving honor to whom honors do. I believe in honoring a man of God or a a, a special. I, I get all of that. But I'm talking about just in a regular service. We cannot show partiality when there's not demanded or expected or required. We should honor everybody the same. 
We should love everybody the same and honor everybody the same, no matter how low. <laughs> I just had a thought. You learn that. Just don't say everything. A fool speaketh everything in his heart. Some things God's going to put before us. People, can you love them when you don't understand them? Know, there's those that it's not hard to show partiality. It's, you know, you got those. Well, stay, stay on track. He said, they're at the door, and you're putting them in places, and you're showing preferential treatment. But here's what James was trying to tell them: you're being worldly. I said it so many times. You know, what do you think a bride is? You're showing preferential treatment. Give this, then you're going to give me this. And James is trying to teach this early church. See, you got to see the backdrop. You got Jews and Gentiles that are arguing and quarreling. You got Gen- Jews that, that, that are so traditional, and they've got their, their, their great robes, and they got all these things that they look so, they look so perfect. Just perfect. And then you got the Gentiles that come in rags and tatters. And you got two worlds that are clashing. And you got the Gentiles looking at the Jews saying, Man, I want what I got in truth, but I want to look like them. Let's bring it to where we are. We got this, but I want to be like the charismatics. Ooh, I done slipped up, messed up. Because I can get a number there, just preach love and don't preach all the truth. I got truth, but I want some of that. He's dealing with the world. He's not dealing with a, 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 a big old man coming in with a bunch of rings on his finger. That's what was happening, Sister Debbie. He came in in gay clothing and ornamented row and all this stuff. And those Gentile believers were saying, oh, it's like what happens when, when a famous person shows up at a, at, a, at, a, at a church service. I've seen it before. My God, we lose our Pentecostal head. Oh, my God. Baseball player shows up or football player shows up or they baptize Emmett Smith. And, man, they just go nuts. It's like, so what? He puts his britches on just like me. Well, I need an autograph. What in the world? Autograph what? Get an autograph from heaven. But you see, the world has so intoxicated our young people and intoxicated our young couples and intoxicated. You let somebody like that walk in and, man, we just fall out on the floor. I mean, I want to get to know them, man. I, I... I want to, I want to, man, I, I want to meet Travis Trenton and, and, and George Strait. They walk in, we'd go nuts. Yeah, Tra- what's his name? Yeah, Trent, Trent. Been a long time since I've been out of that scene. But I know George Strait and George Jones. You let all them fellas walk in, oh man, people fall out. Partiality. What are they going to do for you? But you see, this is the world's mindset for us. And maybe that's not your thing. Maybe it's not an athlete or a singer. Maybe it's you want to meet 
our Governor Edwards. But here's what James is trying to say. If we're not careful, that spirit. See, we, 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 we preach about the world and dress. We need to dress a certain way and according to Scripture. We got all that down, holiness. But we don't preach about this part. You know why? Because we want the numbers. We want a number. Here's what I'm saying. Let God worry about the number. And let's me and you worry about the love. And let's love whoever walks in that back door, whether they're dressed scantily. Come on, let's keep lusting check and say, you know what, they can come in however they want. We'll throw a coat on them when they fall on the floor. And let's just let Jesus work on them. Let's let Jesus do to them like he did to me and you. When you and I didn't have nothing, he loved us. And he showed favoritism to us. Let's let him show the favoritism and let you and I just love everybody. Pick and choose. James said, don't, 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 don't do that. He said, stand now here. He looks at the Gentiles and says, you sit on the floor. That's what that translation is saying. I'm going to take you that's important, put you here, and I'm going to put you on the floor. Next verse. Are ye not partial in yourselves and are become judges? Here it is. Who would have thought, Sister Liz, being partial can cause evil thoughts? I'm not going to drink Michelob. That brings evil thoughts. Well, that's a no-brainer. Right? I'm not going to do these things that I know not to. That's a no-brainer. But what about this one that says I won't show partiality and favoritism in things He said, evil thoughts come when I... How did they come, though? Here's why. I begin to judge. When I begin to determine, and James is trying to help his early church here, when you and I begin to determine who should be in the church and who shouldn't be in the church, how they should dress or how they should act, We now have become the judge and open ourselves, Brother Charlie, to evil thoughts. I don't know about you, but that's so simple to me. I see it so clear. Where they come from. And what James is trying to teach about not being partial and not judging it and just letting God. That's why, you know, I, I think back those San Francisco. I think about Raphael, I think about, what, what was the girl's name we taught the Bible study to? She loved Natalie to death and her mama. Uh, Portrait Brazil. I'm, not, I'm leaving the punchline out because it, it was it? Is it Bella? Okay, well, we're going to pretend. Isabella. It's something like that. She's from Portugal. Okay, watch. I think about them. We taught her a Bible study. She fell in love with Natalie. She was a stripper. Oh my God. 
Y'all just fired me as pastor. I heard it in your brain. Oh, my God. Y'all going to write this one down. He's done said, Michelo, George Jones, and Stripper, he's fired. Come on, somebody. Loosen the band just a hair. Help me, Mallory. Help me. Help me. Taught her Bible study. And I think her mom, her boyfriend, and her baby was there. But if I would have been partial, ah, bless God. They don't, hello, I wasn't stupid. Me and my wife, we all taught it together, okay? But uh, we taught them about, but if I'd have wrote it off and said, you don't want to have nothing to do with this. Surely you, you, you're you're too far gone into that world. There's no way we could pull you out. And when she got the Holy Ghost, Remember how excited and power, and it, it did something to our church, and people got excited. Here's what I'm trying to say. There's going to be people that's going to come that you and I don't agree with, and we know all their history. What do you say we just let their history go under the blood, and let's love them, and let's teach them a Bible study, and let's try to be their friend, and try to help them that they can see that the love of God dwells here. There's unity and peace and hope. That they don't feel what they get out in the world. Over and over. People judging. I mean, you think about people that come from the past. And they've, they've struggled with these all these past addictions. And they finally come to a place. I know them, people have been delivered of it. And one of the hardest struggles, Brother Will, they battle with is people's perception about them. They don't need to be reminded of what they did. What they need to show is, we love you no matter what. And you can sit wherever you want to sit. Take my pew. Take my seat. You can sit wherever you want in this assembly. You're welcome here. And we'll show you because we're going to worship with you together. Next verse. Hearken, my beloved brethren. Hath God not chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. Here's what he's saying. He's not talking about poor. He's connecting the natural poor. But he's also connecting those that are poor in spirit. Jesus said this in the Beatitudes 5, 6, or Matthew, where he began to talk about, blessed are the poor in spirit. It doesn't mean that you're poor, that that brings you an extra star in your crown. God, and that's not what James is even talking about because I know many people that are poor and full of pride. I know people ain't got two pennies to rub together and they're the most prideful individuals. I love Brother Morgan's analogy. You can drive a a Rolls Royce and park it in the front of the church or you can drive a Yugo and a beat up car and park it to the very back of the church and it's both pride. Whether you park in the front for everybody to see or you park it to the back because you're hiding it from everybody to see what you really drive because you don't want them to know how poor you are. Pride is no respecter of person. So he's not talking about here in this instance of an element of just just being poor. What he's saying is poor in spirit. There are people that God, well his objective that God is looking for is, is a man or a woman of God that realize I have nothing except God. I may have a home, I may have money, I may have a car. I thank God for that. But that doesn't mean I'm blessed. What really lies in my blessing is my total dependence on him and acknowledging I need him. I'm poor if I... 
if I realize I need him more than anything. That's the poor he's wanting you and I to get to. I can't do this without him. And he said, chosen are the poor of this world to be rich in faith. How do you be rich in faith? That's a message that's so powerful. Rich in faith. We want to be rich in the world. He's saying rich in faith is more than rich in the world. And how do I get rich in faith? I'm poor in spirit. That doesn't mean I've got fake humility or feigned humility that I walk around with bodily posture. What it means is, is I realize in my life, every day that I wake up, if God doesn't supply my need today in my mind, in my heart, in my... We think many... Oh, I got my prayer on. Man, I'm a prayer warrior. I'm the best Bible study teacher. You and I need to realize, if he don't give me the mind, I can't be the Bible study teacher. If I don't get the mind, I'm poor in my mind, and I need him to help me to pray. This is what changes our prayer. This is what makes you having rich faith versus dead faith. Dead faith. Here it is. And heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him. Now I'm going to stop right there. Musicians, y'all can come. I want us to pray because I want us to pray again. Here's what he's saying. And this is where I want to come back next week. This kingdom and air faith. He said, hearken my beloved. Hath not God chosen the poor of this world? Rich in faith. But heirs of the kingdom. And promised to them. Now you remember the I Father? Our Father, our name will be the name, the kingdom come, will be done. Da, da, da. The very end. How does it close? Does anybody know how it closes? For thine is the and the and the. You see the sequential order? It starts with kingdom. And what James, come on, stay with me here. I'm going back to the beginning. When James started in verse 1, what did he say? The glory of He started with glory and he's coming back and dealing with the glory of the kingdom. And if I'm ever going to see God's glory to a Gentile church, I've got to settle what kingdom I'm in. I've got to determine if I'm going to be in the world's kingdom, am I going to be in the church's kingdom, am I going to be in secular kingdom? What kingdom am I going to identify with? Because here's what you need to remember about a kingdom. It has no boundaries to its domain. I should have got three shouts on that. Because if you get God's kingdom in you and him on the throne of it, there's no boundaries to what God can do through you. That means you can be the best Sunday school teacher, the best singer, the best preacher. Because when you and I get him seated on the throne in his kingdom in us, he expands in us that kingdom. And from there, it ain't no more you witnessing to nobody. It's his kingdom bringing people in and birthing them into. So the sequential order is kingdom, power. I want his power. You got to get his kingdom. I want his glory. You got to get his kingdom first. And if I get his kingdom, brother Wade, and I settle him as the one on the throne in the kingdom, then what's to follow is his power, 
his glory. Which is ultimately a manifestation of his presence. I could write a book real quick. I could put it on one page. How to have revival. Get his presence. That's it. And we wrote book after book after book after book and read and read. I've read them all. And you know what? They all keep coming back to just saying it in a different way to inspire me in a different way or a different season of my life, which I need. Here's what they keep saying. Get his presence. Get his presence. Get his presence. Get his presence. Depression goes. Hopelessness goes. Chaos goes. Torment goes. Get his presence. Fear goes. Get his presence. James sums it. The kingdom is the promise to them that are poor in spirit. I don't know about you, but if there's anything I want more, is I want more of his kingdom. We got enough propagating of kingdoms. You got everybody under the sun trying to solicit people into their kingdom. But you know what we need more? We need more in this ease in His kingdom. We need more people filled with the Holy Ghost. We need more people on, on the streets reaching people in evangelism and teaching Bible studies and trying to reach people that are hungry for the things of God. God has got you in that job to reach people. You're a witness and a testimony to what's truth, to those that are in question, to what it's all for. It'll get you. You're, what's the hang on? My word used to the extra is the pay. It's you on location in His kingdom that His promises could go through you to Him from Him. Shows his love. So, if James had to deal with that then, you and I are going to have to deal with it now. And we need to keep the course and let everybody know when they walk in those doors that we love them like they are and we're going to let Jesus take care of whatever it is. My role between now and then is God, establish your kingdom in this place with such a firm foundation, Brother Darrell. We don't have to beg and plead. It just flows. From the beginning of service to the end of service, the presence of God just moves like it did here Sunday night, like it did here at the beginning tonight. It just moved, moved, until God says it's done. Stand with me. to all come together around the front in this missile tonight. And I want us to pray together. See, we're in a preparation mode. God's preparing. God's putting together. God's making. God's equipping. God's getting things ready for what's about to come. And I want everything within us, every word that God gives us, I said someone, I told someone the other day, I said, 
some of these messages that God is allowing me to preach. I have never preached these before. They're fresh understanding for myself. But He's not giving it to me for me. He's giving it to us for us. And I want every one of these that He gives us to be moments that I don't just fly by. That's why I want an altar call. Because I want us to take what we just heard, Brother Father, and I want to say, God, put that so deep in my heart. Especially our young people need to come to you. See, a lot of the elders, they got that down pat. They've heard this. They've been, probably ain't a message they ain't heard. But some of the young ones, the young ones, the couples, we have it. We got a new generation. We need the old and the young together to impart one to another. Lift your hands with me today and let's just let's let's do it like Jesus said. Pray that his kingdom would come.